Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 343. My name is John Morgan, and Cold Coffee is with me here at the beautiful, expansive grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee, where we will not be much longer, no. but we're still here for now. Still like here for now. The expansive grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee. Sayonara! <laughs> <laughs> and, and listen, I mean... You know why people really listen to the show. Uh, our man Mark Fellows has been doing some some research. Uh, he's really been diving into the analytics. You know, I mean, he's, he, he kind of knows kind of viewer tendencies, listener yep, tendencies, yep, and stuff. Yep. And he says, "Listen, the reason people are really tuning in, John, <clears throat> people want to know about the Las Vegas weather. They need to get the <laughs> updates of the Las Vegas weather. So, listen, it's it's 78 degrees outside. It's sunny. It's absolutely gorgeous." I'm just I'm just doing my part for anybody that's ever thinking about taking a trip to Las Vegas. Yep, yep. Either do it during April or do it during October because this is when it's 75 degrees every day, 78 today, sunny, clear, cool. I mean, this is the time. This is the life. So there you go, people. The reason you're tuning into the road show, the Las Vegas weather update. Uh, working on getting Yannette Garcia, by the way. Uh, I was not familiar with her work. Oh, yes. I, I am more familiar with her work now. I will yes. say not a terrible follow on Instagram if you're into <laughs> weather or other yeah. things that uh, are weather-related. But Yannette Garcia, I believe, is her name. on her Instagram page, it actually just says in quotes, the Mexican Weather Girl. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was hilarious. I was I was not familiar with her work, but uh I will say in terms of meteorology, she uh might be my favorite at this point. She's a muy caliente. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's funny because my father was a meteorologist and uh when I see somebody like her, I'm like, Dad, why couldn't you work with her? Why couldn't you work with that? <laughs> uh he worked for the National Weather Service where it was a bunch of old stuffy dudes, you know, uh Times have changed quite a bit oh, in terms of like what, uh, you know, the fact that now you see weather people on TV back back when he started. I mean, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now, but um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's funny. I didn't think you're going straight in the weather because I thought at first um, we're because the weather is easier to see when you're here at the expansive grounds. Man, there's you so know. much grounds to see the weather on. Yeah. <laughs> and just to, to take everybody behind the curtain, because I don't know if we've ever if we've actually said it yet, at the end of next month, uh, there's going to be a new expansive ground somewhere. I mean, right now Las we're Vegas. scouring. Scouring you know. the hillsides, you know. <laughs> we're scouring the... Under the, all the bridges. I mean, and, I, I think uh, we're taking like satellite surveys of yeah. huge plots of land that will suit exactly you what know, you're looking for. I, I took the private helicopter up the other day and uh, was looking around and uh, something still, next to Mark Davis's place over there maybe <laughs> might work. And you know him, or you know, I might just I might nestle right in between the Fertitas and, and Dana <laughs> somewhere over like, somewhere over there, like in the storage shack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might literally move into his back. His back hundred Dude, yards. I bet, I bet. Honestly, I bet the Fertitta's got like a, a guest house that's bigger than anything any of us. Bigger have than ever our lived block. <laughs> bigger than my city block, probably. Uh, but yeah. yes, you've got a big move coming up. Yeah, on the unfortunately, that the 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 if if nobody's paying has paid attention to other things in Vegas. So now we're going into Vegas economic talk. I mean, this is what people <laughs> tune in. I mean, why else watch. would you tune into a show called the MMA Road Show <laughs> unless it was for Las Vegas weather and Las Vegas economics? Uh, the cost of living in Las Vegas has just gone through the roof. Mm. I think you or somebody pointed out a stat or something uh, the other day. Maybe it was hot tea. Um, that in in terms of large metropolitan areas, we're like the third highest 
rates when it comes to rental increases, housing costs, all this other stuff. So what used to be really, really cheap to, to live here now is not the same. Correct. Um, you know, my landlord that uh, – that I rent the the large expansive grounds from, is is, is we never admitted my, it was actually a rental expansive yeah. <laughs> grounds. I mean, you, you know. know, I mean, you might have assumed that I own the grounds, but uh, I clearly did not. everything you've ever envisioned in your mind. It's definitely that the expansive grounds, <laughs> the guard tower, the, the helicopter, the, the helicopter. It's definitely that. It's just that you know <laughs> I rent it. it we rent it. So it's, yeah. yeah, we weren't all. We didn't tell the whole <laughs> truth. Oh, sorry about that. So uh, so yeah, I mean, so they're taking it through the roof like everywhere else. So right now. Uh, Vegas is really, really hard to to, to uh, just just to live here, cost wise. So yeah, for um, people, that, I mean, just to, I mean, not too far into economics, yeah. but basically, I mean, like a thirty three percent increase in your rent, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's I'd have to do the math, but yeah, it sounds about right. It was a large, it was a large increase to the point where it was like. Uh, I can't, it's not in good faith to just stay here anymore, right. you know. You put up with little things that go wrong with the house or, like, if the plumbing's acting up, you're like, eh, you know, whatever, I can deal with it. But then when they start charging you a premium to stay there, you're like, uh, no, it better be like a fucking hotel yeah. and everything works tip-top shape or whatever. So, um, yeah, so next month, um, and you guys will be along on the journey as well, and maybe we'll show share some extra stuff on the Patreon. But, yeah, we got to find a new... Uh, grounds for the Casa de Cold Coffee. And so who knows? Crazy, I have no man. idea. I'm I'm literally looking at all the parts of Vegas. So um, we'll be able to tell you different parts of the weather in the forecast <laughs> and different economic <laughs> stuff, as I tell you, about the, the local school guard uh, and the new locations and amazing. stuff. And I guess just to, just to preview, I guess since we're talking about it, uh, so because of that, you will not be making the trip to UFC 268. So New York right. will be myself and Mike Bond. So right. I'll actually be doing videography work. Mike Bond will be out front. Uh, so you will not be making that yeah, journey hoping, because that's basically I'm, right in the middle of you securing yeah, and hopefully moving. hopefully trying to get a spot and start in the moving process. Um, yeah, because I'm just trying to get just trying to get it done early so that it's not a stressful rest of the month, you know, and then we can to totally have that whole uh, month to kind of just get situated and get out of here or whatever. Yep. But it'll be sad end to the place. You know, this has been a lot. I've been here for almost ten years. Ten years in this location. And uh, you, back when you, Zufa was across the street Zufa, behind the In and yeah. Out Burger. Over it's so there. funny. They were like, "Are you?" Are you because I would still drive to work, and it's literally I could have walked there, but <laughs> I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the weather's kind of hot. It gets really hot. You just leave your car sitting there, the engine goes bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to get that thing working. So, <laughs> and it was always funny because I know we talked about it over the years. Because I remember when I would drive to work, some days I would pass some coworkers that would either take the bus, get off the bus. They'd see me coming out of my neighborhood, and I remember one of the days, uh, Troy was like. Uh, He's like, so was Dane over at your place or something? And I was like, N no, why? He's like, because his Range Rover was coming out of your neighborhood right behind you. Mm. <laughs> I was like, hmm, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> I don't think I knew that Dana had a piece of investment property over here by my house, but you know, maybe he did. So many jokes to make. <laughs> don't make any of them. All right. Uh, <laughs> So and we'll leave it at that. Oh, too funny, man. Yeah, 10 years is crazy. It's a long place, a long time to be in one long place. Time. But uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get you resituated. We'll introduce everybody to the new expansive grounds. I uh, did want to give a shout-out real quick, official sponsor this week to the show. Thomas Dunscombe is uh, helping us out this week. Yes, he Mr. Dunscombe. Hit us up at uh, Venmo, the John-Morgan-400 account over there on Venmo. And because of him, we are, we are enjoying a couple of award-winning 
past Blue Ribbons. And let me just say, the message that he sent along with it, I think it's one for, for everybody. So if you've got a cold beverage in your hand, Thomas Dunscombe has made a bit of a toast here. He said, for you and cold coffee, a toast to those we've loved and lost. Best to you both. We, uh, yeah. It was a, it was a, you know, it was a tough week. I know for you, uh, but that's a classy toast uh, for you, Cole Coffee, and of course for everybody. So, uh, without getting too far into things, I just want to check in with you and let you know. I know the public was worried about yeah. you. Yeah. A, 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 a sad anniversary, of course, but uh, it was. Did, did we did we make it through okay? We did, and it's always like a one-two punch because. Uh, tomorrow would be our anniversary <laughs> oh wow yeah so but no i mean it was it was good it was like it was it was definitely one of those days where it's like i just wanted my head to be free to do whatever it wanted to so of course right. I, I tried to like i went and uh, took myself to go get something to eat and then uh was just like get out of the house for a little bit and then uh came back and then you know then you sit there with your thoughts and then you start getting sort of melancholy and you know you know and just like uh but it was it was good it was it was well good in the sense that it wasn't as bad as i thought it would be right, right. later in the evening always the evenings are always worse i think when you're dealing with grief or just dealing with whatever sure but um but no it wasn't it wasn't too bad um and i know it'll get better uh over time and i have friend you know i have this friend um who's very into um energies and and the universe and all this other stuff and uh she was talking to me about like you know people that we lose are always around us and always with us and then, you know some people are always like oh yeah i always feel like they're there she's like no they really really are and i was like okay well let's have this conversation one of these days i was like because i love that sort of stuff you That's know awesome. it, it harkens back when i was a much i was a huge like hippy dippy, smoke a bunch of weed and play, you know, bongos and congas and all that <laughs> shit over the years. You know, my so I love that little like, sort of talk about the the whole you know energies of the universe and all this other stuff. I mean, I'm, granted, I'm not carrying rocks around with me, you know, that have healing powers or anything like some people like to do, but <laughs> I do, uh, I do, uh, you know, believe in you know that we are made out of energy. Our body, when you know, we're we're ma we make it, and when our body goes away, you know that energy dispersed and goes back into the universe or whatever. But what she was kind of saying was like, you know, if you w ever wanted to tap back into these people that you miss, you know, they are still around, you know. So don't feel lonely, don't feel whatever. They're they're always still with you, you know. Blah blah blah. So it was a good conversation and just gets you thinking, you know. And then in times, you know, like when you sort of get sad and stuff, grief is like one of those weird things which. um it's best to share grief and it's best to work grief out in your own way, but also with the help of some others. Like, mm. I think what happens a lot of times is we as a society, um, like, we're ashamed to, to show grief. We're ashamed to show that we're sad. We're ashamed to do all this whatever. And I think that's when people mm -hmm. get really, really depressed and people feel that they're alone and people do other crazy shit, you know. Right. And um so luckily it didn't feel like that. It felt good, you know, and uh, I mean, because, yeah, this past month or whatever, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I went through serious bouts of depressions and um, but it's good because you just deal with it because if it's bad, because if you don't deal, I'm, I'm way too well armed to deal with <laughs> to, to be too depressed. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's so dark. And it's true. And it's so dark. 
<laughs> it is. But I love joking about because if I could joke about it, I'm like, okay, you will never do it because you could joke oh, about it. Well, it's but, good to hear that you made it through, man. No, that it was, was good. a tough one for you. Yeah, so, it was uh, real, real. Shout out to Thomas Dunskin for his thoughtful. Thank you very as well, much, Thomas. And, uh, that was very, that was very, very nice. And there were some other people that reached out, and I, and I apologize if I didn't give everybody back a message, but I tried to write whoever I saw in. Uh, uh, on Patreon and and some of the other ones, so I appreciate you guys that reached out. That was that was very very kind of you, very very nice. That's awesome, man. Well, we move forward, of course. Now this week uh, we're back right into it as we are every week. It is another fight week here in Las Vegas, a double fight week. Of course, we had Contender Series once again. Uh, it's been and nonstop it's, double fight it's week. Non-stop. This is eight week. This is week, week number, number eight. eight. We got two left, and I, I will say as much as and I do listen. I I wish there was fights every night. I love fights every night, but it is weird when it's here every week. You know what I mean? And not yeah. spaced out and that sort of thing. So I mean, it's uh, one thing to watch on TV. Yeah, every, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like that's then you're just like getting like oh let me turn on the TV and let me just see, but like what we've been doing this this eight week stretch. I mean five days out of the week. We have to leave to go set up here to shoot something. Well, you to, have to set to, up here. I just had to bring, uh, I just had yeah. to bring my. This I'm bring fucking my burned out. <laughs> I'm so tired of loading my Man, shit. If you guys see car. how much stuff Cold Coffee has to carry in terms of like how much gear you have to bring, it's it's, it's unbelievable. Not, it's not cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's been real. So Dana White's continuous is fun. I was I was so torn on that main event because Solomon Renfro is a CFFC guy and and uh, I, I cheer for him man because I like him I think he's a fun fighter and I think his personality is great as well. He started that fight looking absolutely outrageous. Came out I mean like it was great killer. the whole it was great the whole fight. Yeah. But at the very beginning of the fight I was like holy hell this kid is bad. He's a beast and he's still young you know what I mean there's still time for him I, you know 24 years old it's not the worst thing for him ever uh, I, I, but I'm just a Solomon Renfro fan I guess that means we get him back at CFFC so that. Makes Makes me excited, but I was torn because Johnny Parsons um, is actually a, a Muay Thai instructor for kids over at Syndicate. So Eli had actually taken some classes from him a couple years ago when he was over at Syndicate, oh, and I know cool. what a good dude Johnny Parsons is as well. And Johnny, you know, he talked about his own children, but he's he was awesome with the little kids. You know what I mean? Because you can imagine a little kid uh, striking class; it's yeah. like herding cats. You know what I mean? It's just insanity. And he was so patient and calm, and like just a good <laughs> dude. So I was happy for him to see that as well. So um, that was that was that was a, a rough one, and because I was just so torn on that. But I think we'll see more of Solomon Renfro because you're right; he faded a little bit. But that dude is that that dude is powerful. But he right? was he was one of the ones that I think a lot of us, myself included. Um, Thought that that was a possible. We were going to see another case of where a loser got a contract. That one in Valeska Machado, right in the yeah, I mean, because I mean, he as as young as this kid was. I mean, you could see that uh, he had everything that he needed. Yes. He didn't. It wasn't like they're like, oh, go, you know, go get some more experience. Like you saw everything you wanted. What I what I saw, and and Dana kind of even alluded it to with like what you said when it was Machado. Um, now we've seen time and time again people have lost in the contender series but make a debut with the UFC shortly after that That's without right. getting the contract. That's happened don't, time get, and time again. Don't, don't don't get too far away from your you phone, know, don't basically. Get, don't get too far away from your phone. So I would not be surprised if Machado and Renfro both get uh, booked onto a card um, having never won on the, the contender series. Who was the other? Hannah Goldie? Yeah. Was another There's been one. a couple over the years. It's quite so. a, like it's it's starting to add up a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's another way with the UFC. It's like 
even if you're not getting that contract, don't think that you're not going to get a call. You're on that short list. You're st- you're on, that's it. You're on, you're that on the short you're list. on the short list. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, a good point. He come if he gets booked with something. It's a good point. You know, because uh, he, he showed everything. I I thought that was a fantastic fight, but yeah, man, he came out looking every bit like a just a you know like. When I see Phil Hawes, mm-hmm. he has these b- initial bursts. Like if I saw Phil Hawes come out like this dude, right? Holy cow! How terrifying yep. would he be? But he starts a little bit slower. He's a little, sm- he's maybe smarter. I don't know, whatever. But uh, that Renfro kid, man, uh, I'm all about it, man. I think he he really really impressed me. But on the flip side, Parsons, man, what a chin! I mean, <sighs> took some shots. He got rocked. Through, he got man. rocked, and then, and then it, somebody was saying. It. It was the power of the mullet, you know, even though he had it sort of contained <laughs> when it was wrapped up or whatever. But, man, what a character, man. He had a uh, great, great personality and a lot of heart. But, man, a great, great chin. But What a funny scene at weigh-ins, too, with Johnny Parsons, right, where he was a half pound over. And so John Wood had to take hand towels and yeah. dry his mullet because he had been sweating. Yeah. So he's, his hair was still wet. So John Wood is sitting there drying drying his hair and the and I think at some point John probably realized I guess that all the I mean there's not a ton of cameras at the, yeah. the contenders wins but they're all like I mean it's not like he went off to the side they're doing it right there so it's not like we're being rude by keeping the cameras yeah. on right but it, the look on his face was hilarious like I can't believe I'm yeah. doing this right? I can't believe I'm, I'm drying this man's hair well, didn't he wasn't did you hear when he did because he was he was like uh this is what I have to do for my daughter or I feel or, or this is like what I do for my daughter or something I was just like so funny but that's that's what you you know that's what they're there for and, and you could actually tell the difference because after he actually did that because he gave his hair a really good work over because at first I think when he started doing he's like i feel really silly i feel yep. really silly and then he acknowledged it. And then there, he was boy, like then i'm just gonna get in there i'm just gonna get in there and uh and, he, and sure enough man that half pound was gone i mean even with the underwear you know the underwear probably was a good bit because if he was that wet to wear yeah, his head yeah, yeah. he probably was carrying a lot of water in his underwear as well but it was just funny to think that i mean because what he probably dried out of the hair was just like a small small Hilarious, fraction uh... but it was super super fun watching it because yeah this is the guy that you know just recently i was there at his gym watching him hold pit uh mitts for like frank Mir going at it you know <laughs> getting for like a, a, re-mer- a re-emergence like, and then thought, here he is thought, drying the hair i thought about saying something like this is what you got into mma coaching yeah. for right like i'm drying this dude's hair off man i'm drying i'm drying this naked man's hair right now. <laughs> Oh yeah, because he probably no. It was maybe that yeah, was right before the end. It. <laughs> that would have been so hilarious. Uh, too funny. Should say by the way, uh, Kyle Ohio. I I I thought he should have already been in anyway. So good on him yeah. to get in. Armin Petrosian. That dude is exciting, man. Wow. Can't wait to see that dude fight. And uh, Pedro Falcao. I agree. No disrespect to Pedro Falcao. That 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 win didn't exactly blow me away. And um, it was weird that there was a 39 year old James Barnes on there. No no disrespect to James Barnes, but I was so worried that James Barnes was going to be in this position where he was going to do something spectacular and win. And Dana was going to be like, "We're not looking for 39 year old dudes." So. But uh, that was, case, I thought that was a weird one. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it was just one of those situations where the matchmakers look. I mean, they're burning through bodies right now, right. dude. You That's know what the I mean? thing. Like, you know, I would think that if they bring him on there, they got to be like Dana. You know, we can't make an age call at that point. Right. You know, like we got to give him a here. shot or two or something. Yeah, because at that point, why, why even do it? Like if 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 you know that in the back of your head you're like oh you know but that's why I think sometimes you know when Dana's like I like him but he's just too young I'm like then what the hell's he doing here What's he doing here 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if that's going to be the answer, is like he's too young or too old. Like, then why is he here? Because you know you can find people to fill up a contender series. Right. Show. You know, I, I can't imagine that they can't find enough prospects that want to get into the UFC that are willing to take a fight. Yeah. That they'd be like, oh, you know, well, let's just cut all these the, at this age and this age. Let's just not do it. Let's just make sure it's in the perfect range. Because if they're willing to give them a shot to see if they have the talent that shouldn't be one of the cases, you right. know. If anything, give them a, give them a contract or two. Right. I mean, you got guys fighting in their how how old's Andre now? Forty five. He's no, he's one year younger than me, so I think he's forty two or forty three. Okay, but so, still, he's getting there. But still, he's he's above forty, so it's like you know, even if the guy's thirty nine, they could get they could get a good couple of years out of him or right. something. And the guy didn't look like he he didn't look like he was bad or didn't look like he had been breaking his body down for years and years. Um, but yeah, that that always gets me. But um, yeah, what a it was a it was really really good because I felt like the one before that was an okay fight night, but like this was, it was a, this it was, was a, a good flat, one. It was a little flatter. A little yeah, like this week. one was another really really good one um, where it you know I know we say it every time if people aren't watching contender series you're mi- you're missing the future serious prospects and contenders of of, of the UFC because everyone that makes it through there for some reason well not maybe everyone but. They all do well. They're all doing decently well. So um, I like to use it for like my little sort of betting secret picks or whatever. When a lot of times, if I have, mm-hmm. if I, if there's two people that I see pretty evenly, if I just had to pick like a uh, just a wild card factor, if they've been on the contender series, I always lean towards them. You know, they've been tested, right? Always. Yep. That's it. That's it, man. Speaking, speaking of, I do want to say, just want to throw a little shout out uh, to to Matrick. We're talking about Matrick. I actually texted Sean Shelby today just as a uh, to tell him he did a great job. If, if you haven't seen the Lee Murray episode of Fight Lore uh, on UFC Fight Pass, I'm telling everybody right now it is worth checking out. It's such a great story. People don't know about the Lee Murray story. It's a pretty infamous story. Um, basically, this this guy was. Uh, Man, a, a street fighter at the very, I mean, the definition of street fighter. He was a street thug more than anything, to be honest with you. Uh, but he made it to the UFC, and he was on the you know, the verge of this outstanding career. And then he was tied to uh, the biggest uh, bank robbery in UK history. And it's uh, it's an amazing story, and, and Fight Lord does a good job of it. Uh, but Sean Shelby's actually in it, which he doesn't usually get to do stuff. But he was around back then, and so I think that's why they brought him. He was, you know, one of the few guys that was, you know, into the scene at that point. And so um, they brought him on. He did a really, really good job, but the whole thing is good. So I highly recommend uh, the Lee Murray episode of Fight Lore on uh, on UFC Fight Pass. So uh, there you go. It's a good one. All right, UFC Fight Night 196 is this weekend. Costa versus Vittori in a 195 pound catchweight fight. Um, what a bizarre circumstance, right? What a bizarre situation. Um, man, you know, Paulo Costa. I heard Tuesday night that he was a little heavy, right? I heard he was up around 220 pounds. Marvin Vittori on Wednesday is the first one that comes to us, and he's like, man, uh, this dude's heavy. I hope he wants to fight. You know, he tweeted the night before, you know, I hope this dude's not trying to get out of the fight or whatever. Um, But he says he's heavy, and I had heard that he was heavy, but I was still like, does Marvin really know anything or – or, or is he just hearing the same things that I'm hearing, and maybe it's wrong? You know what I mean? Maybe we're all getting misinformation. Uh, and then Paulo Costa shows up, and Paulo Costa just basically lays it out that, like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, to make weight. And, and and I think what upset a lot of people was that Paulo – and, again, I want to cut Paulo some slack because he didn't have a translator with him. Whether or not that was by design, I don't know. But he came in speaking English. But he, you know, he started off by saying – 
Um, hopefully this fight happens, you know, if if Marvin wants to take it. Yeah. And then says, you know, I'm 211 pounds right now. I think it was actually close to like 212, 213 when you do the when you do the full uh, uh, conversion from kilograms. Uh, but then basically puts it on on Marvin that uh, you know if he wants to take it at one night, like if he's man enough to do it, then you know we'll take the fight. If not then, uh, you know, I guess we won't have a fight. And I saw a lot of negative reaction to that online of people saying, hey, man, you can't say it that way. And uh, I, I actually kind of agree with them. I think that was a bad way to say it. I think, I think you've got to come a little bit more with your hat in your hand and be like, hey, man, I'm sorry about this. Yeah. And I don't, look, I don't fault him because I asked him directly, can you tell us what happened? And he said, I'll tell you afterwards. I don't have a problem with that, to be honest with you. Because you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to be like, well, my right ankle is hurt, and so therefore, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? If there's something wrong with you, I get that you wouldn't want to lay out that here's what my injury is, or hey, it's my back is why I can't run, so now somebody tar- – you know, you're not trying to give a target to your opponent. So I'm okay with him completely saying, I'm not going to tell you why. I'm totally fine with that. But I'm not okay with him making it like it's up to whether Marvin is man enough yeah. to take this fight. Like, bro, you signed the contract for 186 yeah. pounds. You need to come and be a little bit more apologetic. I think. Yeah, he was. He was. He was literally putting it on Marvin that he couldn't make weight. And the thing is, if it was an injury or something like that, I think he said, unless I'm remembering wrong, that the UFC was aware of the reason as well. But he just didn't want to make it public. Right. If the UFC knows that he's injured and allows him to fight, then shame on the UFC. If that is the case. Fair point too. If, if that comes out. Fair point if, too. If it comes out and it says that. I've been you know you were putting this, a fighter out there that's not you're putting at a fighter that was compromised. You know, does the commission know that you did that? Does the commission care? You know, all that sort of thing. I mean, I I just you know it could be that he just wants two or three more days to come up with a better fucking excuse. <laughs> you know, he might just clearly just doesn't want to say, hey, I just messed up on camp. I mean, he he might come back and just say that he had a fight with his management and he had a fight with his gym and he's leaving his gym. And, but I don't want to. I don't want to say that right now because uh, I haven't left them yet until after this fight. You know, it could be something lame like that. Right. You know, where his mind just wasn't in the right place. But that's not ultimately that's not good enough. Agree. That's not a good enough reason why you can't make it and come here. That to me just sounds like a plausible reason that might come out. You know that because if it's injury and the UFC allows it, shame on the UFC. But if it's something like this, it sounds like it's. It's feasible that it could actually happen, but it still shouldn't be a reason that this far in advance he just seems like he's point, like he's man. just given up. I mean, he came in with it, and it looked like there was no intention at all on his mind that he was even trying to make weight, but he was trying to put it on Marvin. Like, I think this fight's going to be better like this. I think the fans are going to enjoy it. I just hope Marvin gets on board. And it's like you could get on board and do that before you ever decide to contract to a, di- a different thing, you know? Like, And I'm not picking on Paulo, because I, I like Paulo, man. I think he's an exciting fighter. Yeah, I think sure. there's great days ahead of him, you know what I mean? So it's not like I'm sitting here saying, like... This could be dude, anybody. Th- th- this is anybody. Literally anybody. anybody that exactly. does this. Very they're going to get, get the same shit, you yep. know? Because we, we did the same thing, like... Uh, Everybody gave Aspen shit because it looked like she knew that going into the scale that there was there was going to be some issues, and then there was it, then gamesmanship right. kicked in. Oh, you know, I want to try to do this. I want to try to do this. You know, then she had a, a physical reason that, and that was her, what she said was her reason why. Um, 
So people gave her shit. It wasn't like people are just going to go after costume because they think that, oh, hey, he's right. too good looking. I hate. I want to yeah. hate this guy. Or I'm an Adesanya I mean, fan, and I just don't like anybody in the yeah, division I mean, or, whatever, or just, whatever. You know, you're, you decided that you wanted to try to fight at middleweight again. So it's like, you know, if you knew in your heart of hearts that you were going to be nowhere near for this, then why agree for the fight? Take the time away and get whatever in order. Win or lose, that's what I want to hear afterwards. Because I want to hear the reason and I want to hear the timing. Because if you're waiting until you get to Vegas to say something, yeah, that's not fair. So the 195 catch weight, I will say this. I think the 195, I think that's very, very fair. Um, you know, Credit to Marvin Vittori for saying, I'll take this fight all the way up at light heavyweight. Why? I, but that's what I was going to say. I, don't I wouldn't understand. have done that. I, that. I think that's just that machismo thing. That's Marvin that, Vittori. I guess, you know what I mean? Because I was going to ask you, because when he was like, I will take this at, at whatever weight, and I was thinking in my head, I was like, why on earth? I was like, does he hate him? Does he? Is, I mean, <laughs> like, I just want to slap him so bad. I just want to slap him so bad that, that it's like, and I was like, I don't remember them having that sort of heat. Um, I was like, if he goes up to 205 or whatever. How does that even represent, like, what he can do back at middleweight, you mm -hmm. know? I mean, like, where he wants to fight, you know, and you want to fight Izzy. I was like, I don't get it. I was like, is he hurting that bad for money? If that's the case, I understand his need to want to fight so bad. But it just felt it just felt weird. I was like, unless he's just a pure psycho and he's just like, I haven't slapped another man in so long. <laughs> that could be possible. That I'm 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 shaking. Like I'm 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 gonna risk violence on a stranger. So I I need to fight another fighter. You know? <laughs> yeah. I just I don't. It just threw me off. And I meant to ask you and you and Oscar afterwards because I know you guys are much better on keeping track of that stuff. Like I just come and I show up for fight weeks, but uh. I was just perplexed because he was so into wanting to have the fight, and I couldn't understand why on earth. I agree. I, I, I That was the thing. To be honest, I was thinking the same thing inside. I mean, not to that extent, but I was thinking, like, <laughs> that would be a mistake. Like, letting letting this yeah. fight take place at 205. This, you at need 195 to make sure. is a mistake. I, I, ooh, yeah, it could be. It could come back to bite him in the ass. He, but at he least just has to make it 195. What is he going to weigh on fight night? Oh, who knows? He's going to be two, back up at, like, 210, 220, 215. You know? And what if, what if he – what if Marvin – just to be whatever weighs in at 185, 186, 190, and then fights on, you know, maybe he's 198, and he's still going to give up 10, 15 pounds to a guy that hasn't been struggling to try to cut weight. Well, that's the thing is I know anything. that they wanted to make sure that he suffered a little bit, right? They wanted to make sure that, like, and I think they thought 195 was enough to make Paulo suffer a little bit. 16 pounds, if, that's, if that really is where he was. Right. If he really was only 211. 16 pounds, I mean... It's not that bad. A lot. Know. It's a lot. Because it didn't look like he was trying. It didn't at look like all. he... Boy, he didn't... He, didn't, he looked, did not look in good... Like, not, he, I don't want to say good shape. That's the wrong thing, because he was in good shape. He did not look good. It, like, he didn't look like he was in a weight cut. He didn't... Yeah. He, unless he's one of these cats that... And I, he's... I think I've done before, and he failed when he tried to, to lose all that weight really, really quickly... And as these guys get older, it just doesn't work as easy. But I, I would have assumed that it would have looked like he had been trying to do some sort of a start of a weight cut, being this close to the fight. And it didn't. When we saw him at media day, uh, he looked still very sort of like plumps, not the right word. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but it's, he, it's he, weird to say like he, he looked look like good, he was he... still retaining like every bit of water right. possible. Yep. You know, almost like he was like water loading because he looked soft a little bit, you know, compared to what we normally see him when it gets to fight week. And so I'm like, holy cow. I mean, unless he th unless this is the weight or if he was hoping maybe it'd get a little higher, 
and he just assumed I can I can make ten pounds no problem, you know. But now maybe if fifteen's oh, the thing, but well, you hope it there's no come guarantee back that he's Marvin's even going to make this catch weight. There's not, there's wow. not. But at least now I guess that means uh, even if he if he weighs in, doesn't make it, the fight doesn't happen. He still he still has to pay that fine. Yes. Yeah. So, so regardless, here's, so, Marvin well, here's, would get something. Here's what would be interesting. So I was that was the other point I was going to get to is that I know that twenty percent was negotiated. I think it should have been more. If I'm being one hundred percent honest, yeah. with you, I think it should have been. More. I, I'd have been asking for fifty percent. Um, now here's the thing: is that maybe the UFC, maybe maybe because if Paulo was like, I'm not paying fifty, maybe the UFC did come in and be like, you know what, we'll kick in a little Marvin Vittori because we can't we can't have Dawson right. and Glenn as our main event. You know what I mean? So maybe maybe there is more money. That, I bet you're right that we're not seeing. Yeah, I think there's probably more because twenty percent doesn't sound a lot for ten pounds. Doesn't sound a lot for ten pounds. But here's what would be interesting: we see thirty percent for five pounds. That's it. So here's what would be interesting is, what if he gets 20% for the 10 pounds and then Paulo misses? I wonder if he has to pay another 20%. Because that would be a commission fine at that point. That would Ooh. not be what's negotiated. You know what I mean? So let's say let's say Paulo comes in tomorrow morning at 197. Does he have to pay another 20%? Because that, be, that would be pretty Well, huge. I would certainly hope that the 20% that he's already negotiated would be guaranteed. If that's just, if that's just automatically getting tied into a show, you yeah. know, bunny, which sometimes is never – doesn't get awarded. Yep. You know, I would hope that uh, like that money happens. Like even if that, the fight falls apart, even if the I'm fight still falls getting apart, that money. Like he's still getting something. Yeah, I agree. Maybe, I agree. And I would, I, and maybe with the whole negotiating thing, maybe he negotiated the fact was like, I'm getting paid if this I'm shows getting, up or I'm not. I'm getting showed like regardless, I want my show and my fine. Regardless, if he if he's not, if I'm willing to, I would do, ask for that. If, if I'm, I'm willing, willing to do, do what I'm doing, to he take misses this, weight or he gets declared he gets declared medically ineligible I or something like that. I still fun, want my money in the feet. You're damn right. You absolutely ask for that. You have to. You have to. Be interesting to talk. I, I, I doubt. Unless he's just such a psycho, he's like, I don't care, Dana. Just give me the fight. Just give that me the fight. That is also entirely possible with Marvin Vittori. <laughs> Marvin, so. so you 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 made sure in your contract that you got the show and the fee. I just wanted to fight. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing in my contract is I'm gonna punch him in the face. Oh, it's amazing. You're like, oh, Marvin. Oh, it's great. All right, listen. Uh, listen. I, I don't know. Last thing on that. Uh, I picked Marvin Vittori coming into this week. I, I think I feel more comfortable now. What about you? Are you are you worried that Paulo's going to be so? Did who did you pick? Number I picked, one. I picked Big Boy. You picked Big Boy, and, and now I'm not so sure. Or, or be, or I, I do feel better that it's now at a catch weight. Yeah, I feel better because I. You know he's not going to. I didn't completely. know when I picked him before. I didn't realize the whole weight thing. I just assumed he was coming in like yeah, in we, shape, ready. We, we to turned go. in our picks on Monday, so and uh, so I feel better about it knowing that it's like this. But I might be one of those cats that. Depending on how what he does on Friday, mm-hmm. I might switch my bet. Interesting, but I don't know. I, I actually I don't feel too bad about leaning on him because I, I feel like he's he's very well rested, you know, <laughs> and he and he hasn't been striking. It's well, not, it's not like, a hard cut for maybe him. Maybe right that was now. just some performance out there that he's like because he did seem kind of out of it, but maybe he was just like I'll just pretend like I'm kind of out of it in reality, like I'm fresh as a daisy. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where. Do we ever find out where his bag of whatever it was that he came in with? <sighs> So he comes into the he comes in he gets out of his car and he comes into the apex to go into the presser, and he had what looked like a bag of like carry out food. <laughs> um, it didn't have it's a name on it. Not mean, but it was. It yeah. was like a brown. It didn't bag have of a name on food. it, but it did look like it had a receipt or a tag like stapled on it, like if you order something from a place and you go get pickup. Oh. And so then we were like, because we were joking, we were like, what if he comes rolling in, you know, with food or whatever? And then when he got out, <laughs> he and he literally rolling. looked like he came rolling in with food, we were just like. Oh, oh my gosh, God. he's not even trying. Oh 
my god. So, but we never really found out. So maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a bag maybe of, was, of like. Maybe a, it was just healthy meals from the PI or something. I've never seen him deliver them in a brown bag like that. Before, I haven't but. either. And, and you know, it could have been a shopping. It could have been clothes. It could have been something. You know, who yeah. knows? Who knows? But just the fact that he came in with anything immediately, our minds started going into the whole like double cheeseburger in there with a <laughs> bottle of wine, you know, extra fries, extra uh, mayo. Can you stop by In-N-Out and then the liquor store, please? <laughs> oh, it's terrible. All right, so listen, uh, we'll see how that main event – we'll see how the weigh-ins go. I mean, it's an early one uh, tomorrow morning, so if uh, by any chance you do get a chance to listen to this before the weigh-ins, it will be an 8 a.m. local start <sighs> here in Vegas, not 9 a.m. And Cold Coffee is excited for the early mornings. Is he kind I, of an early riser and just wants to get out? You'll have to, <laughs> means you probably, you'll probably have to start your uh, your morning 10K a little earlier than normal. Yeah, to yeah, I guess so. First, let me, let me make sure to set my alarm after we get done with this to remind <laughs> me that it's an early one. <laughs> uh, Co-main event, Grant Dawson, Ricky Glenn. Uh, you know, a big fight for Grant Dawson. Obviously, man, this kid, uh, there's a lot of people that, that – that, you know, are high on him, and there's others that say that his, his record isn't really indicative of his skills, and I think this is a chance for him to show that off. I will say, uh, I thought it was pretty cool of Grant, because Ricky had said that he kind of upset him. You could tell that he kind of got under his skin a little bit, and Grant kind of said, uh, by the way, I apologize. I said something. I guess he just was using the name Richard when he referred to him, and apparently there was a man in, in Ricky Glenn's mom's life that had done some bad things or whatever, and his name was Richard, and so that really offended him. And uh, But Grant actually did say, you know what, I take that back, and I apologize. He did immediately follow that by saying, I'm still going to kick your ass. Yeah. But he did say, if I said something that was somehow offensive to your mom, obviously I didn't mean to do that. And I thought that was kind of cool like to still have a little trash talk behind it. Like, I'm still going to kick your ass, but to say, hey, I didn't mean to say something that offended you, but it sounds like it was, and it certainly shouldn't have been anything that offended your mom. I thought that was kind of classy. Yeah, it would have been it would have been extra funny if he would have like swapped it out and be like, I, you know, like – so sorry, I didn't mean to offend your mom. I mean, I, I gave it to her good last night, but oh, you know, to like go hard to, to, to just switch it and go 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 back in. Like I didn't mean to say the name about this guy that was abusive to her. You know, unless you're talking about me last night. Oh, you're ridiculous. <laughs> but but he, the way he went in was good. It, it was, was good. good. It was good. But I mean, it's just kind of funny. Like sometimes you you got to think some of these fighters like. Nobody, I doubt they're doing research on your family. Like they're not going to pull out a name that you know, yeah. some story that's a hidden thing or whatever. But if that's what you need to, to you know, and it, it was whatever that triggered him, and he's like, now I'm just going to destroy this guy. That's what now. you need for motivation. If that's what you need, then go with it, son. Like, it's all good. But it's just kind of funny. I just, but it's funny. Yeah, when he was like, you know, I'm still going to beat your ass. I was like, dude, you could have totally went with a mom joke and like. <laughs> And just won the day, you know, just won it. <laughs> You're Drop vicious, the mic. bro. You're vicious. Uh, I mean, who hasn't done, like, mom jokes have been, like, the, the fun, like, shit talk that every kid has done, like, their whole course. life, you know. But, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Your mom's so fat, she wears a hula hoop for a belt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh cool. my goodness. All right, listen, uh... You know, I'm not going to break down this entire car. I don't think we need to. Uh, it, it, look, it's, uh, it's I think, 14 fights overall. We got uh, It's an early start time. It's 10 a.m. Uh, local for the, for the prelims. So we're still going to get done at midnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still, still working until midnight, even though it's starting early. Uh, I am I am uh, excited about Alex Caceres and Sung Woo Choi. I think that could be a, a, a fun fight. A uh, I will say, I, I do not. I believe Sung Woo Choi's uh, translator may have left out a word or two uh, among the. Uh, I was like, why bring a translator doesn't understand English uh, that's fully. All, that's a challenge that people don't understand sometimes, but it, it is what it is. Uh, I do think someone Choi is a name worth paying attention to, but yeah, he's I, a stud. I do enjoy uh, Alex Caceres as well, man. I think he's fun. But here's what I want to do. I want to share some audio with you 
from Ike Villanueva. And you say, well, John, why do you, why, 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 why Ike Villanueva? Why would you do that? Because Ike Villanueva was not even scheduled to be a part of our media day. And he told PR, he's like, can I go do that? I want to go do. I want to go do an interview, and I thought I I, I liked the energy, man. I, the, normally, people hate us. They don't. They, it's the last thing they want to do. And he wanted to come talk to us, and so uh, we talked to him a little bit. Uh, look, it, you know, he hasn't had the best track record so far in the UFC, but he's had some exciting fights. And if you're going to take the energy to say I'm not scheduled, but I want to go talk to those losers in there, <laughs> then I think we should play it out there for you. So here is Ike Villanueva. I, normally, I think I think people hate talking to us. You weren't even scheduled today. You wanted to talk and, to us. Hey, anytime you get the opportunity here at the Mecca, the UFC, hey, man, let your voice be heard, man. Cause you, you worked so hard to get here. Everybody know you're here for a reason. They don't shy away from it. You know, you worked so hard to get here. And you talk to all your social media. I let the media know, man, because, hey, it's, it's your job, man. Hey, let y'all know how we're doing. I'm ready. We've got a new fan right here. That's a great attitude. Now, talk, talk about RFC. The run so far in the UFC, right? Exciting fights, man. You brought it every time. Maybe not necessarily the results that you would have liked, but you, you've delivered excitement. So how would you describe, you know, your satisfaction with where you are so far? It's amazing to finally get here and showcase my skills and uh, build a fan base. Win, lose, or draw, man. I'm, I'm building a strong fan base. They love the way I fight. It's a blue-collar mentality. You pay to see me fight, I'm going to put on a show. I'm not going to drag you to the ground and hold you down. I'm not that kind of style. I still care that a USC, like, one background, like, you know, tournament style where you got the boxer versus the wrestler. I hold that key because that's what got me into the UFC and, like, watching that, man, it motivated me. Uh, yeah, I got all-around ground game, everything. We're working on with Coach Pineda, Coach Crew, Coach Young, everybody back at home. But I love that machismo of, hey, I'm going to stand in front of you, throw your best shot, I'm going to throw my best shot. Let's go. It's just that mentality. I love it, man, because it's what it's about, man. Everybody in the world's watching. You're going to make a name for yourself. What do you, how bad do you want it? Is it? I'm excited. Nice. So a win always feels better, of course, right? Oh, That's no what doubt. Doing. But if you walk out of the cage and, you, you know, applause is there and you know you left it all in there, are you satisfied? Can you go home and be like, that was, that was good enough? Yeah, I'm raising men at home. I got two 17-year-old boys at home I'm raising men. They're big in my life, especially my girls back at home. But like I said, I show them hard work pays off. How bad do you want it? When stuff gets you know tough, you don't fold, you don't quit. Now, fights ain't always easy. They don't go that way. It's a chess match, and it, sometimes they don't go your way. But if you dwell on it, you let it haunt you. It's gonna tear everything at home. It's gonna tear it all up. Right now, where I'm at mentally, everything's going good at home. Everything. So mentally focused, I'm a dangerous Ike man. I can't wait to showcase it Saturday. This guy. Uh, he he got lucky, man. He got a good padded record coming into this game. You see, when he finally got tested, it got ugly. I mean, when I got here, I got tested. But I got tested with some failed drug tests and everybody else that I fought. But, hey, it didn't stop me. I still stepped up. I could have I could been like any other fighter said, nah, I'm not fighting you this week. We'll do it. Reschedule it. I'm here. Let's fight. That's just my mentality, man. Yeah, you can walk. You can work. Let's go. That's awesome. So it's been about four months. You talked about the mental aspect. What's been the focus? Has, has the focus during these four months really been more on the mental aspect, or, or there have been tactical things uh, as well? Yeah, man, you gotta you gotta fix the mental. Everything gotta be right at home, and everything's gotta be right with the kids. Everything you know, everything's going on. But right now, mentally, man, my kids are kicking butt in football. They're dominating. Pedro High School. They're, they're dominating right now. I'm always posting them on social media, showing them the love because they show me love. So when everything's like okay, they're on the high side. Uh, it, time for me to go get it man my, my my son's been working hard for this moment 
Now I was like, okay, let's go to the gym, let's work. And I'm wrestling with my son this past Sunday. We grinded it out on Sunday, just straight wrestling. And he's like, oh, okay. And I tell my son, I'm 37 years old, you're 17, I'm still whipping your butt. <laughs> so it was amazing to share that with my son. Uh, but like I said, uh, really thank you for everybody back at home, man. Uh, Four Ounce Fight Club, Main Street, Dr. Lou. Dr. Lou really, man, pushed my cardio, get me in the pool. I hate doing the pool training sessions, but really swimming those pool sprints, hey, that would test your lungs. But other than that, man, uh, like I said, Daniel Pineda has been big, get me on the ground, wrestling, putting me in bad spots, making me, hey, when you get out of this, you can stand and bang. But really, when this guy wants to grab you, you got to get out of there. So I'm excited to put on a show come Saturday because, hey, who's going to win this fight? The fans. I'm excited. Very nice. So you, you kind of touched on. But I want to ask. So when they come to you and they give you this matchup, you know he's got that nice record on paper. You know, I mean, do you, all right. What's your initial thought? I mean, you're not impressed by what you see. Rocky Balboa versus the Russian. You call the old man. I was on the couch just watching football, hanging out with my daughter Gigi, and I get the message from Jason House. So let's go. I don't care what your record is. I mean, we're all here for a reason. You get in the UFC, you're oh no. I don't care what you did outside the UFC. That's everybody. Everybody. Is here for a reason. So you throw that record how you got here out of the way because you throw eight or nine of those wins away from him. All those guys were one and something. I wasn't very impressive. When he finally got tested, it happened. But you look at me. Well, I got tested by Chase Sherman. He had me by about 40 pounds. Did I back up? Never in my mind. It's bang. Because there's no question about it, man. I train with a lot of lighter boxers. So light heavyweights and a lot of faster hands. So that's what makes it better for me. When I want to see the fast hands, I see it coming. Then I fight these light heavyweights. I see that coming a mile away. So I'm ready for it, man. Ready to showcase the world who I'm about. And the hurricane's still here, man. I'm trying to make another highlight like Abu Dhabi. Let's go. That's awesome. Last thing for me. I mean, I think uh, I think we probably know what to expect if we watch you fight. But if somebody doesn't know, what, what, what can you tell them to look for this weekend? What are they going to see? You'll see that kiss of death one more time. It's going to happen again. Like I said, when my back's against the wall, let's go. Every fight to me coming forward is like a game seven, man. You got to go. Boss the wall. Let's get it. Because, uh, hey. Tomorrow's not guaranteed here, man. So you got to make the most of every opportunity you get in life. And let's go, man. Because, hey, I'm here for a reason. I got to showcase it. So come Saturday, hey, Uncle Dana, I'm here to make a statement. So there he was, Ike Villanueva. But is he going to win this week? I don't know. He's got a tough fight, but I like him, man. He's got he's got some spirit, and uh, you know he's look. I'm, I'm coming out to bang, and uh, as long as I'm here, I might as well, you know, promote myself a little bit and get my message out there. And uh, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just because he's a good old Texas boy. You know, I can relate to that. So uh, I, I thought I thought we might want to hear from Ike Villanueva. So uh, listen, uh, 14 fight card again. I think the, the, the main event is clearly the quality bout. Um, there's some other good fights on here along the way. Uh, a couple of undefeated newcomers are coming in on the prelims. Mason Jones is there as well. Jonathan Martinez, who uh, I hope wins because I just love watching him squirm in front of a camera as he's forced to talk to people. That's a big one. So uh, it's so funny. Uh, Jai Herbert, Kama Worthy, looks like could be an absolute banger there. Uh, Jun Young Park versus Gregory Rodriguez might be a banger. So, look, there's going to be some decent fights as always. And I love these early days, even if it does mean we're still going to be working late. But – uh, it's not the only card of the weekend, right? Bellator is in action as well. Uh, we don't have anybody on site this time because it is all the way over in uh, Moscow. I did actually speak to Scott Coker on the phone briefly yesterday, and he's he's actually over there as well, making his way around Moscow for the first time, uh, which is a cool place, man. If you ever get a chance to travel there, uh, Red Squares is awesome. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed my time in Moscow. He said he's kind of having a good time over there as well. But – the main event of that one, Fedor Emelianenko, is in action against Tim Johnson. 
Uh, cold coffee. I don't know how much of this. I mean, I don't think we're going to be able to catch it live. I, I, maybe it's done. No, I think it's at the same time that we're working. So we won't be able to catch it live. Mm-mm. But we'll be able to catch it afterwards. Um, where do you stand on, on Fado Millionic? Are, are, are you stoked about this? Because I'm just going to be honest. Like, uh, I picked Tim Johnson in this fight. And I'm a little worried about Thank that. I'm a, little, I'm a little conflicted because Fedor's, Fedor's the legend, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I remember the, the, the pride run and just this guy. But, you know, he is 45 years old at this point. And, and Tim Johnson, um, Tim Johnson's not the kind of guy to, to fall for somebody's mystique. You know what I mean? Like, yep. he's not in there going like, oh, my gosh, I'm in there with the legendary Fedor Emelianenko. Like, Tim's just coming in to knock your block off and get paid. Um, I, I'm a little worried about this. I, I mean – I don't know what to think about the matchup, right? Because from what I was told, and I think I think they've spoken about this publicly, so I don't think I'm speaking out of school or anything, but um, Fedor basically told Bellator, he's like, I don't want you to pick some old guy like me. Like, I want somebody that's a legitimate contender right now. Like, I'm not going out just picking, you know, don't give me some preferable matchups or whatever. Like, I want guys that are legitimate contenders, and that's how they came on the name Tim Johnson. I mean, I, I know a lot of people, and I, I think it would have been cool, you know, to see Josh Barnett, you know, the fight that uh, that, that never happened. Cool. You know, I think that would have been amazing. There's there's some other, you know, historical names, if you will, that I think would have been cool. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know that this matchup is cool. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, but I think it's one that's that's dangerous for Fedor. So, I don't know, where do you, where do you stand in terms of excitement level or – you know, is it, is it is it, does a forty five year old Fedor not do it for you anymore? What's what's uh, what's your th- what's your thoughts? No, I mean, I think the fight's going to be good. I I'm you know I think I pick Fedor in this one because I you know even though I think Johnson burned me the last time, so I think this is just a gut reaction. He's a tough one to pick sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I've gotten I've gotten a lot of his when fights I, when wrong. I don't pick him. He fucking wins. Yes. So he's probably going to win this one. I've gotten a lot when, of it because whenever I switch and pick him, he doesn't win. And so I think the last time I was just like, hmm. Uh, I mean, I like the fights that he did with Czech. I mean, he yeah. when he comes and he brings it, man, he, he does really, really good stuff. I guess it just kind of depends on what Fedor we're going to see. And the last time I saw Fedor, I thought he looked good. And I thought, you know, he, he just has these moments where he rises to the occasion and you see maybe not the glimpses of what his greatness used to be. I mean, he's been doing it for so long. Uh, it, it's hard to expect him to, to be like his you know, his first up-and-coming self, but he's still got power. He's got mad power, and this is the kind of fight that uh, if Johnson isn't smart and lets Fedor sort of land a couple decent shots on him, um, it's not going to be in his favor. So when it came down to me, I thought I thought the striking would be the difference, and I thought Fedor would, would be better um, in the stand-up being more technical. Even though he's, I did, uh, you know what, that did concern. Well, no, you're right, and you know what, why it did concern me because I think you're right about that. Is that Tim Johnson is also, I don't think, one of those guys that's gonna like um, try to stand at range and be fa- like he's not gonna be faster. You know what I mean? If, if you were talking about like a like a young kickboxer or something that, that's gonna try to stay outside, move yeah. quicker than you, out technical you, but Tim is that kind of guy that, that's gonna like drive forward and plod and clinch and 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 and, and it did it did give me pause. Like I'm not totally counting Fedor out of this fight because yeah. it did give me pause to think. Look, Fedor's pretty dangerous inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's got heavy hands. He's got the sambo background. He's got you know he works good in the clinch. So. I'm not ruling Fedor out at all. I think I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you know? and to his credit, I mean, like Tim Johnson is super tough. I mean, I don't I don't know. If, I mean, I think everybody listening to this would be like, oh yeah, he's hell tough. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think people give him enough credit for how tough he actually is. So I mean, even if he does get into some dangerous situations, 
he has he has a, a little bit of a buffer where he can actually eat some eat some that's shots. What, that's why I lean towards. It's just it's just a matter of you know. Is can he Fader, take all of them? Can he take all of them? <laughs> and, and is Fader going to have enough in the tank to kind of keep delivering that? Because at that some at some point he's going to eat some shots as yeah. well, you know. Um, and Tim, I mean, he has power as well. I don't know. I just thought you know this coming down towards the end of his career, you know, not that, um, you know we always get to see these fighters end on the highest notes. You know, I guess I'm kind of just holding out and hoping that we're going to get to see some good vintage um, Fedor and that he's going to get it. I just, I would love to see a finish. You know, I would love to see a finish. I just don't want to see two guys that are too extremely tough for themselves to just grind out some plotting, you know, uh, fight. I mean, now if it's a slobber knocker where it's nonstop striking and they make it to the end, then hell yeah. I mean, I'll I'll blow a load like everybody else will, <laughs> you know. But if it's two guys that are too respectful for for each other, that are uh, not pulling the trigger like they can, and when they do, are way too tough to go down. Um, it could be, actually be one hell of a boring fight, but I'm I'm hoping that's <laughs> not the case. I'm hoping somebody actually gets finished in this fight and. Uh, and that goes either way. I'm not going to cry if Fader gets knocked out because I'll be happy for Tim because um, I just I would like to see a, a, a good, good um, just finish. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of times these guys are too respectful and then they're too tough to go down. And then we just leave oh. watching like, was that fun? Oh. I think that was fun, oh. right? You oh. know, so I'm hoping that's not the case. Uh, other big names with Tali Minikoff in the co-main event. That's a big one. Usman Nurmagomedov is in there as well. Another big prospect as well. So should be a decent card. Uh, a lot of Russian talent on there. And uh, you know, look, I, I think they're they're trying to do more with this Russian market. So we'll see if that becomes a good thing for Bellator because uh, there are some absolute killers Dude, over there. Dude, if Johnson man. pulls out that in Russia, I Russia loves winners. Yes. I mean, like. It's funny, uh, one of the last times one of the Russian guys that came, I can't remember the fighter, he was just like, dude, you would not believe how many people love Connor and were crapping on uh, Nurmagomedov. Habib? When, uh, when everybody just loves Connor. I mean, like, they I, love dude, winners and they love these. I was in Moscow, and it's so crazy. I was in Moscow. And now, I will say this. There's some, as, that, as it was described to me, there's also some racial and religious reasons for that and the fact that. Habib is a Dagestani, Dagestani. Muslim, whereas not, like not fa- true yeah, Fedor is like a, a Caucasian Christian. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so I think there was a little bit of that at play. But you're absolutely right, man. It was so funny because I was over there before Conor Habib, and we went and did a thing out at a fan. We did yep. a video at a, at a fan thing, and I I figured I, we we pitched the you concept you'd get like one or two. Connors. Yes, I thought I was I thought yeah. I was looking for like one, the one guy that was going to be like who's going to say it. It was like. Three quarters of them yeah. were like, Connor, he's the best, he's the best. This would be huge, huge for Bellator and huge for Tim Johnson. If he can get a win over there, that would be that would be amazing. Then he'd be over here, like, giving us all the crazy Russian hacker viewer traffic on YouTube. With <laughs> we his, do with love his the vid- Russian, Russian hacker traffic. With, uh, with his videos. All right, listen, uh, speaking of, uh, like I so said, we don't, we don't have any insights. Unfortunately, I can't bring in, like, our man Nolan King for any insight or anything like that. But uh, we will have coverage of the event. Uh, it's a dual event Saturday, so it's going to be a busy one. Also, by the way, KSW in action, by the way. So if you're a hardcore, it's actually a three-event week. Uh, Marius Putsanowski uh, versus Bombardier, the big, huge uh, behemoths going at it in the co-main event and the Bantamweight title is on the line in the main event. So that 
that's uh, KSW, which obviously does a great job over in Poland. But since we're talking about Bellator, uh, right before I came over here to uh, sit down with Cole Coffee to record this podcast, I did get a chance to speak to Corey Anderson after his big win this uh, past weekend. Huge result for him. And, man, things are just clicking for him under the Bellator banner. And, uh, man, it's just always good to catch. I, I like Corey a lot, man. I know he's a guy that's gotten some grief over the years, but I've always enjoyed Corey Anderson and uh, had a chance to catch up with him today. And here was uh, our chat. All right, it is a Bellator Grand Prix finalist, Corey Anderson, man. Big fight's coming. Corey, we got we to gotta work on the nickname, though. You know I'm a big fan of Beaston 25A. You know that. But you can't be overtime. You're not putting in overtime. It's going to be – it's got to be short time, no judges, something like that, man. You're, going, you're not putting in overtime anymore. Overtime is in the gym, man. I'm always putting overtime in the gym so I can go out there and have those short fights, you know. Um, and that's just the name. It's more of a brand. It's just my – that's me, my demeanor. I'm always going to do more. If I'm in the gym, I'm going to do more. I'm going to put in the overtime. I love it, man. Well, listen, this this past weekend was an absolutely phenomenal performance. I mean, Clifton Murley were aggressive once you saw that you had the opportunity to finish it. I mean, just a flawless performance. Um, I know you knew that was going to be a tough fight. Did you envision a scenario where you're like, man, I could go and get this dude out of there in less than a minute? I didn't know I could get him out of there in a minute, but I knew I could get him out of there. I could finish him. I mean, it's going to be a tough fight. All the fights, you know, are going to be a tough fight. But uh, I know how good I am. Like I said, I am the best. And I feel I can do that. Not I'm going to say I can go out there and knock everybody out in one minute, but I can go out there and put on a show and put the work in on anybody. I know that. Yeah, no question. You had him hurt early, and it was clear you 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 were like, hey, I think I can get this done. I mean, was there a thought process in your mind like, whoa, maybe we need to pace ourselves a little bit. Maybe we need to not or, – or did you just see that, hey, this is it. We got to get it done now. No, I made sure once I got him down, the first thought when I realized he had dropped was don't let him up. That's the first thought that went in my mind, like, don't let him up. So it's like going back to what my coach says. Like, if you drop someone, circle to the left so they can't just sit up and grab your leg. You know, circle to the left, away from his dominant hand, into your dominant hand. So you can throw your big right hand and sit into the half guard. So you sit on the half guard, sit, and just pound him out. Don't let him up. And that's went to my head. I circle left, hit him a couple times with the right hand, sat down to the half guard on the left, started striking. And I just knew right then when the way he was covering up, he wasn't getting up. He wasn't working to get to an underhook and get his ear to my chest so I couldn't hit him. He was just shelling up, trying to survive, trying to hope I stop to let him recover. And it was like, don't give him a chance to recover. Just pour it on. That's awesome, man. I love I love the science that happens in the cage amidst all that chaos, man. You walk right through it when it looks like it's all just happening crazy. So the cool thing about it is then you get to sit back and you get to watch the other half of the bracket, right? So talk to you about what your emotions were like because, you know, Nimkov obviously eventually took over, but he was in trouble early on when he got clipped. So what, what was your thought process as you were watching that fight? I mean, first thing I was thinking, like, this dude is definitely beatable, you know. As I said, we see a guy on two weeks' notice to go out there and put him down early, and he stayed in the fight when it came to striking. Nimkov had to depend on his wrestling to get that victory. And I know dang well he ain't going to try to wrestle with me like that. That is just not – that's not a smart move. You try to wrestle with overtime, that's not a smart move. One, you can see he was getting tired from wrestling, and we all know I don't get tired. And two, you see my wrestling, you don't want to go there. So my first thought was I go out there, I stick and move, I hit this guy, chip him up. He's going to start forcing the wrestling. Hey, I might go ahead and get my first submission win or just get on top and ground upon him as well. We have Nimkov ranked as number three in the world right now. I mean, do you th- – It's I guess it's a tough question, right, because we have you right behind at number four. We have you guys at three and four in the world. So, I mean, do you think he's that good? And is it just maybe a situation where, yes, he is that good, he just happens to be – you know, the perfect matchup for you because the way you describe it, it's like all his strengths 
play right into what you want to do. Yeah, he is good. He's good at what he does. Like you said, he's a good matchup for me because I feel I'm a similar so I, I don't move as much as him, but I move. My movement throws people off. His kicks are a lot better than my hands down. But other than that, he is good. Can't take that from him, but I feel I'm better. And it's just so happened. He was, has been good at doing what he does good continuously. As from my past, instead of doing what I do good, I will stray away from the game plan and try to strike with people like my last fight, my last loss. Instead of going out there and do what I've done in several fights over and over and over, I try to go out there and do something new, and it costs me. You know, and that's why I'm ranked number four. And I'm sure the guy I lost to is probably ranked number one on your ranking, one or two, wherever it is. And, you know, the thing Nemkov did really well is he stuck to the game plan. He's really good at doing what he does. He's not trying to do what other people do. He's not trying to incite you. He's going to go out there and do what he does every fight. He's been getting his victories. Is this the is this the matchup you wanted in the finals? I mean, when this whole tournament Grand Prix started, did you look at it and say, if this thing plays out the way I want it to, that's the guy I want in the finals? I mean, the bracket worked out for me because I was always going to be on the opposite side of the belt. My mind says, I want to fight the champ. I want to fight for the belt in the finals. Whether it's going to be Nimkov, Rumble, Yo, or um, – who was the other person on the side? Uh, uh, Phil Davis. Oh, you know, whichever yeah. one it was. I was actually hoping it was going to be Rumble. You know, me and Rumble being friends. Every time we talk, when we finished talking, with all the like, all right, bro, I'll see you in the finals. That's how we signed up. When I seen her in person, we talked on Instagram or we texted him, like, all right, bro, rest up. I'll see you in the fight. We're going to see you in the finals. That was just our little thing. I would love to fight my boy in the finals, you know. Not like I want to fight my friend, but we all know how good Rumble is. You know, to go out there and test yourself. I want to go out there and prove I can go out there and fight with somebody that's a big banger like that and get all the things I did wrong, do right. You know, usually I go out there against a striker and fall into the striking game, and it costs me. I want to go out there and show I can deter that. You know, I can go out there and beat me, do what I'm supposed to do and get the win. You know, I knew that was going to be a tough fight because he can wrestle as well. But he has wrestling and knockout power. I have wrestling and cardio. So those two would have been good, a good match against each other. I feel like that would have been a good war all the way down to the end. That would be a good fight. What, what a special friendship that you say, bro, I love you so much. I just want to punch you right in your face. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say in so many words, but hey, we know it's strictly business. I love it. I love it. Well, talk about your run, Corey. I mean, this run in, in Bellator, man, obviously the confidence that you have right now, the feel that you have. I mean, it's a different level than it was when you were in the UFC, man. I feel like you've really turned a corner and, can you put your finger on it, man? I mean, I know obviously you're getting paid really well, and that probably helps. Um, and maybe the pressure is a little bit different. I don't know, but this just seems like a like a new guy, man. And I'm I'm enjoying watching it. So I mean, do you can you point to what's what's switched? I ain't got a point. I can punch the whole thing. I know exactly what it was. I mean, once I got out of the UFC and all that extra drama and burden I had going on, all the extra weight on my back. The biggest thing leading into that Yan fight. The Johnny Walker, the Young fight, those last two fights I had that I had on my chest and on my back, they always say, Corey fights like he had a chip on his shoulder, which is something I do because I've always been told my whole life, I can't, I can't, I can't. So I always wanted to prove people that I can. Well, going into those last two fights, the UFC had told me pretty much to my face, not that I can't, but I wouldn't because of my following, because I wasn't excited. So in those last two fights, I wasn't going out, like I said, I strayed away from fighting how I fight. I went out there to fight to try to be excited, to go out there and prove to them that I do earn this title shot because I can be excited. I can get fans behind me. I can get people to pay to see this. 
instead of like um, Josh Thompson told me when I first got the Bellator, he's like, bro, you gotta remember, you just keep winning. They can't deny you. You should have just kept winning. Don't worry about trying to switch up the style. Just keep winning. Do what you do and win. If you beat everybody, there's nobody left. You have to get to the belt. But I got to the point where I thought I was being so passed over. I was ready to just get there now. So like, forget it. We're going to try to get excited. We're going to be excited and do what we got to do to get the fans behind me. And that took me out of doing what I do in training every day. Because I don't train that way. I go out there and train the way I train. I train smart. I train like I want to go home with no bumps, no bruises. I want to get my takedowns on the ground and pound. I want to hit and not be hit. Those are the goals every day. Push my cardio six rounds, seven rounds, how many rounds I'm doing, new partners, and work everything. Same goal on everybody. I want to take everybody down, do this, do that. And then I would get into the fight, and it was like, fight would come around, I would see the guy, like, I'm about to knock his block. I'm about to go out here and knock his block. I'm going to take his head off. I'm going to go out there, I'll kick this. I'm going to kick his leg with that hard leg kick I learned from Coach and show him that I can kick hard and blah, blah, blah. And then it cost me. Because in the Johnny Walker fight, it didn't last long. But who knows? It would have went longer and I kept trying to swing for the fences. I might have got caught with him. Who knows? But just so happens that that overhand right landed. As for Jan, he plays a game where he pulls you in. He stays running backwards, running away from you. So you can't strike with him unless you're like that. And um, he, he was smart. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. I came in over zealous. I got kick happy. I threw two kicks without throwing a punch. And on the third one, he knew it was coming and stepped in with the overhand right and put my lights out. Isn't it crazy, though? You know, it's like you, you were basically being told you need to fight more exciting. And then when you go to doing what you do, your fights are very exciting. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of crazy how that works out. Yeah, Zach, I had an interview with one of the people in Bellator. They said the same thing. I remember when you came over, Zach, I remember when you said you was coming over, you're going to go back to doing what Corey Anderson does, ground and pound and wrestling. He said, my first thought was, oh, my God, this guy's going to come back over and be, I'll come over here and be super lackluster and boring. Just lay on these guys. But then he caught he was like, but you came in, you did the complete opposite. Like you're exciting and everybody loving it. And now you got the patented ground to pound. It's like, and yes, I'm doing exactly what I did before. But now at the time, coaches always said, you pit a pet, pity pitcher, pet with your ground to pound. You don't actually ground to pound. You pit a pet. You like touch them. We need to be swinging, bring it back, bring it back. And over those times, what, since I talked to Dana and all those guys, they told me, I couldn't have been training that in training. But I never got to the opportunity because I was so worried about taking somebody's head off. Now I'm back to just being me and all the things we've been practicing for three years is coming to fruition, the ground and pound. Like I said, they still haven't even seen the striking. I haven't even got to show my striking in three years yet because I got I got knocked out, I got knocked out, and now I've been doing all ground and pound and quick finishes. I'm, I hope I was hoping Bader made it where we stood up and I can display my striking. But, hey, that's just a mystery they haven't seen yet. Hey, maybe we'll see in the finals. We'll see how that plays out. Hey, listen, I got to ask you. You mentioned Jan's name. Uh, it's been a little fun watching you two guys have a little beef online, going back and forth a little bit. Of course, we know we can't have the uh, the third fight right now anyway. Maybe it could happen down the line. But uh, talk to me about this. I mean, you know it's a fight you can't make right now. So is this is this personal? Are you having a little back and forth because it kind of upsets you a little bit? Or are you just having a little fun online? It doesn't upset me. I think it's cute. It upsets him. You see, he's going to be a vocal about it. I never said his name once in the media. All I said is, I'm the best in the world. He ran with it. He made attention. Now he's just bringing more attention to me. And every time my name gets mentioned, I'm getting more followers. You know, he's out there saying my name on Area Hawaiian. Now people looking me up. So, hey, it's cute. Thank you. You know, the fact <laughs> that he's showing it just me. I, yeah, he knows. You know, yeah, you're in the big league, whatever you want to call it, the bigger league. I'm in the lower league. But you know I'm a threat, bro. 
You know we one and one. That's all I got to say. I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about Nimkov and getting his Bellator belt around my waist. Other than that, he do his thing. He got a fight to worry about. He got to worry about Glover. And remember, I beat Glover. I am Glover's last loss. So he lose that one. That debate's over. I was going to say, I mean, if, if Glover finds a way to win this fight, does that make you number one in the world at that point, you think? I'm already number one in the world. But maybe they start thinking it. I like it. I like the confidence. All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, talk to me about outdoors with overtime. I, I didn't know this was a thing, man. And I checked that. It, 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 I thought it was just maybe, you know, you were going to show yourself out there hunting or anything. You got a brand and everything. What, what is this? Yeah, man. That's what I do. And, you know, that's something else. You know, with UFC, they never let me display who I was. You know, nobody, a lot of things I didn't know. Did you know when I fought Yon the second time, some of the media didn't even know this was the second fight? You know, it's a lot of stuff like that. They just, they don't, when you don't get promoted and people don't follow you, they don't see those things about you. But yeah, outdoors is, that's me. I just came, I'm wearing my woods clothes now. I literally ran inside from the woods. I went hunting this morning, came home, hung out my son, did some stuff, went back to the woods and did some scouting. And I just got back from scouting and stuff again. So that's what I do. I'm in the woods. If I'm not in the gym, I go from the woods to the gym, from the gym to the woods. Home with the family a little bit, back to the gym, and leave the gym to the woods so it's dark. Come back, train the garage, and finish the night with the family. Outdoors and overtime is the brand. That is the exit plan. That's what I'm going to get into fully when I'm done fighting. That's awesome. So, what do you plan to do with like a whole range of like hunting products? Is it? Uh, are you going to do like uh, like it, you know uh, out, outings with people and stuff too? What's the plan? I mean, I already do outings and whatnot. I work with this uh, company, this veteran company, or I won't say company. But it's a nonprofit in uh, San Antonio, Texas called Hero Sports. Me and Justin Gaethje actually worked with them together. We met them together back in 2015 when he was out here helping Frankie with a fight. And we did a celebrity softball game. And they started a hunting program, an outdoor program where they go fishing, hunting, hog hunting from a helicopter, doing different things. So at least two, three times a year, I dedicate my time down there with those guys, sitting in the blind with wounded vets, whether they're mental or physical. And we just rap, you know, just to get to know each other. And for me, it's just doing what I love to do. I just love being outside. I love being in the woods. And for them, it's like a life-changing event. You know, some of these guys, are, they have a hard time commuting with somebody, communicating with someone else after the military. Then you get there, and they, to them, it's like they see me on TV, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm sitting next to this guy. And then it's not like they're just sitting there. We sit in the blind all day and just talk. You know, I ask, what, what branch did you serve? Oh, yeah, what did you do? How did you get into it? You know, I've met some of the coolest people. I've met a guy that controls the missiles that you drop. When they dropping bombs on people, he control. He's sitting in the office controlling it from a joystick. You know, that was pretty dope. I didn't know that's how it worked. So it's as fun for me as it is for them. And I just love to give back. You know, what good is it to earn all the money and all the things, all the awards and all the fame if I don't give back and share it with those around me less fortunate? And, you know, I don't make a big amount of money where I can make these big foundations and give back. But if I can give back time and make donations and help those guys out, actually, it's a hat I'm wearing right now. I try to represent them anytime I can to bring attention to the program. You know, it's a nonprofit started by Mike Barker and he started all out of his pocket. So every dime we can raise is always going to a good cause. That's awesome, man. Good for you, brother. That's awesome to hear you doing. All right, man. Well, I won't keep you too long. I know you want to get back in the woods. So, uh, when is this Grand Prix final going to happen? Do we have a date yet? What, what, what are we? Uh, what are we? What are we looking for? I have no clue, Ali. My manager said probably it'd be um, January twenty twenty two. You know, um, the first thing he told me was going to depend on how the damage go, who takes damage and whatnot. As you see, I went unscathed. I didn't get touched, but 
He, on the other hand, y'all seen him uh, out, out at the bar that night. He had a good cut over his eye. He was limping. He was like, he just didn't have that pep in his step. So he could be hurt. It could just be a bruise. We don't know. But we have to see what the medical background comes for him and how long it takes for him to heal. And hopefully we get a call by November, December with a date. That's awesome. And last thing I'll ask you, Corey, I mean, what, what is this going to mean to you, man? I mean, this this championship, this Grand Prix title, I mean, you know, it, it feels like to me like you're uh, proving things to people. I mean, proving things that you always believe, and now people are seeing it. I mean, what is what is this? Is this going to be a special moment, or is this just another check in the bank to help you take care of the family? I mean, the money is just going to be in the, in the bank. You know, the money, all the money has been saved, but I'm no longer worried about trying to prove stuff to other people anymore. Like you said, I've been proving things. My father told me all the time, you didn't prove all you had to prove. You can walk away now, son. Only thing happened, you didn't get the belt. So, but look at the people you fought. You've done it. So now for me to get the belt, it's just going to be a, a, a thing for myself and my family, for what we know, what we've seen. Like my wife and my coaches say, I just wish everybody else could see how hard you train. I wish they could see how hard you dedicate, how much you dedicate yourself to this. And it's just going to be, and I don't really, I don't even care if anybody else see. I just know at the end, all the dedication, all the hard work. When I got that belt around my waist and I can put it on my wall, that we can see that every day and know everything came in fruition. It's been a, a long eight, nine years, whatever time it'll be when the belt come. But I started this fight in the big leagues with three fights, three regional circuit fights. You don't see many people do that. The only person that went with less or a few fights and succeeded was John Jones. But to go three fights and within the same year, within six months, to win the Ultimate Fighter, Make it to the UFC, stay in the UFC, get your own release, and go somewhere else, and you still end up with the belt all while saying true to yourself and doing what you want to do and never having to sell your soul to the devil. It, to me, I thought like, you did. You did exactly what you set your mind to, and you stayed the course. And I want other people to see that. And if they don't think I'm the best, whatever, just know you don't have to sell your soul and do all this extra stuff people are doing to get to the top. You know, just be yourself. You have you set your goals. Have a straight a head on your shoulder and just stick to what you believe in that the end it can come true. That's phenomenal advice, man. I love hearing that from you. Corey, it's a pleasure to catch up with you, man. It's been too long, and uh, I don't want to interrupt you from your time in the woods anymore, so I'll let you get back out there and enjoy the rest of the day. But uh, thanks for the time, and, man, it's going to be a hell of a final, man. I cannot wait for this fight. Yes, sir. I can't wait either. And while y'all on here tuning, make sure you go to YouTube, Outdoors and Overtime. Hit that subscribe button, notification bell, and on Instagram, Outdoors and Overtime as well. And while you're at it, go ahead and check out my people at Hero Sports. If you want to make a donation, do it. If you're interested, you're a veteran, check them out. We're always taking in different veterans, taking you on trips. Other than that, John, thank you for having me. And I can't wait to talk to you guys after the final. All right, I'm still calling him beast in 25-8. I don't care. Uh, I, I love me, I love me some Corey Anderson, and I'll give him credit for the overtime. I'll even give him credit for the big plugs at the end. So uh, always good to catch up with Corey Anderson. I, I should say, uh, Cole Cobby, what while that was playing and, and we were hearing that, I saw you hard at work over there, and I, I, and you, I don't know. I mean, you I wouldn't reached, really share what you were doing. I, re I reached out to Tim Johnson. Okay. I said, I know you're in in Moscow, and I okay. know you're doing some training. I know you're doing some stuff. I said, I'm not able to be there, but can you send me some footage of you training and he's and he's got footage of his training he did, dude it's pretty he's grunting he's doing all kinds of shit here let me let me play the audio for you
Look at him go. Look at him. Go. He oddly looks like Sylvester Stallone, I think. And I think that was Ivan Drago in the background I just I, saw. I, I don't know how to tell you this, Kokavi. I believe that Ten may have not sent you some actual footage of him. Oh, really? I believe he may have sent you some footage from Rocky IV. I'm just, no. I'm just saying. I, I don't – look, I – I'm 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 getting these feelings inside of me. Why am I so pumped up right I now? Mean, <laughs> I mean, I, look, I'm not trying to call Tim Johnson a liar or anything like that. I'm just saying, as I watch this footage, Kolkavi, I'm not exactly sure that that's that's, that's not him running I, in the in the snow. That's not him running in the snow. <laughs> Is he being tracked by the KGB? Oh, all right. Oh, my goodness. Bellator 269 this weekend. Tim Johnson will try to get it done against Fedor Emelianenko as he heads off into retirement. All right, listen. Uh, we've got uh, a lovely segment that I know, Kolkavi, I, I, I hope you've got the, the theme music teed up for. Of course, obviously, uh-uh. this was your segment that you, uh, you know, initially uh, invented, basically. And I thought it was a good one because, you know, we always talk about supporting the show over at patreon.com slash the MA Roadshow. For as little as $3 a month, you can support us over there. You can get exclusive access to the and a half episodes where we recap every UFC event. Um, but, you know, you, you, you said, Luke, those, those are the ones that keep the lights on for us, man. Those are the ones that really support us. And we need to be taking feedback from them on a weekly basis. And we're not yeah. great about that. We're yeah. not great about that. But we're no. going to get better about it, <laughs> I promise. And that is the segment that we call the Roadmap. Oh, roadmap, Roadmap, Roadmap. Oh, you did have the jingle ready. <laughs> awesome. I, man, that is excellent for You know, I, I thought I, I, somehow I didn't hit the button. There was no there was no car sounds. There was no traffic sounds. <laughs> you know, I, w- I went with the old school version, you know. <laughs> You All know, right, top notch. So top here we notch go. Production. Value. Couple of questions here. We're gonna do this every single week because uh, listen, we talk about what we think is interesting, but I want to know what you guys think is interesting. What you want to know, and if you're willing to support the show and help us keep the lights on, that means the world. And we're starting it off with Thomas Dunscombe right away because obviously, not only is he the official sponsor of the show, not only was he the one that provided these beautiful frosty beverages for us this afternoon, but he's also a supporter at Patreon.com as well. And he said. Costa was a killer until meeting Israel, then looked like a deer in the headlights that got run over by a semi. How is he going to shake this off and get back to being the monster he is? And I know we talked a lot about the main event, kind of where we feel it is. Um, And I suppose, you know, if you go in there and get a devastating knockout of Marvin Vittori, you know, maybe that kicks it off right now. But but what do you think, man? I mean, the question being, how is he going to shake that up? Because he did look, he was absolutely flat against Israel Adesanya. There's no question about that. I think we all left that performance kind of scratching our head, right? I mean, we were all excited. Like, I think most of us picked Israel Adesanya in that fight, but we were excited to see this big bruiser come in and just bully Adesanya and see, you know, what Adesanya would be able to do. You know, the the, the skinny clown. What you know, how he would react. <laughs> skinny. You know. And and it and so it was funny. just a flat performance. Now yeah. we, he's come out with the with the red wine thing, and I actually asked him, "Hey, do you wish maybe you wouldn't have told that story?" And it's funny because, like, look, I mean, obviously I wasn't preparing for a championship fight, but look, I drank to sleep over there. T- I mean, and let's be fair, I drink to sleep here in Las Vegas, but I yeah, definitely, yeah, you do, I definitely drank to sleep over there. Uh, and because of the weird timing, so I understand what he was going through, but and, and so I don't fault him for that. But I just. I mean, was was the wine to blame for the entire performance because it just looked flat? So I don't. Do you have any recommendation for how he's going to shake this off and, and be the monster that he that he that 
And as Thomas says, that he is. I was going to say that he was at one point, but Thomas says he still is that monster. So what, what do you think? I think he should just go and go full-on uh, buffet at this point and uh, just get bigger and badder go to than ever. And, and go to 205. Just 205. go to 205. I, go 205. I'm with he's you. Not gonna, he's, I mean, there's no way to – one, there's no way to erase that bad performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, like – one, he's got to do some work before he'd ever get a possibility of getting to Izzy. And at this point, it doesn't look like middleweight's even a reality for him. So if he wants to become a killer and and just move on beyond that moment, it's just to get another great performance underneath his belt. Um, and, and, and I think maybe 205 is that way. I just don't see him... Um, Right now, if he can't, if depending on what he says, okay, let's let's give him all benefit of the doubt. Depending on what he says is the reason why he was not able we to still do need middleweight. To find out. We still got to figure that out because if if it's something that um, can be overcome and he can make middleweight, and that this is just a whatever, like um, some kind of viral infection, and then we maybe, can just see, or... and then we'll see. But at this point, I'm just not confident that the middleweight division is right for him because if he can't, I agree. If he if he can't do it for this. Um, Who's to say that he's going to show up and be ready to perform again? So I don't know. Uh, I think we've seen this before where other people um, to get over big and and bad losses. And we always try to just try to get him a rematch with that person. But I think the best way to do it is just get more fights and get give people something else to remember. Um, because Izzy at this point, um, to me... Uh, just middleweight just seems out out of the question. I agree. I think you're, you're hitting on everything. Uh, to me, it's uh, now listen. You can you could talk about like you said like psychological things, you know, uh, tactical things. But to, honestly, I think the idea of moving to light heavyweight really should be on the table because of uh, uh, two reasons. Number one. We're seeing it clearly. It's yeah. it's an issue. It's an issue for him to cut. Like again, we don't know the whole details he's, yet. He's a big boy. He's big. He's huge. He doesn't look like a middleweight. No. Like he doesn't look like a middleweight. So it's not and it's not like. Let's just be honest. It's not like every weight cut he's had before was just like, hey, man, it was nothing, man. I just yeah. showed up. I took a poop in the morning, and I was good to go. Like, yeah. no, man, they've been hard weight cuts. So I think health-wise and just you're going to have so much more energy that, that you light headweight. So that's number one. But reason number two is this, and I don't mean to disrespect him, and I know that he could never say this. In the same way that I don't fault Marvin Vittori for saying I didn't think Israel Adesanya was better than me, um, I don't fault him for that because I don't think you can think that if you're going to potentially fight him again. Yeah. I don't think uh, Paulo Costa has to think this way because he can't, but I don't think he beats Israel Adesanya. I just think that Israel is too slick in the striking. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he's powerful. He could catch him. He could catch him. But Adesanya has faced huge power punches his whole life, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So now the idea of moving up to light heavyweight. Now when John Jones was rolling around that light heavyweight division – the hell you moving up to 205 for? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to, to face that guy instead, not a good idea. But now, yeah. now look, uh, uh, Jan Blachowicz, I, I'm not saying he's not great. He is, but he is beatable. He is right. beatable, and he's yep. also 38 years old, right? Glover Teixeira could walk away as a champion. Glover's not going to fight much longer. He's admitted he's not going to fight yep. much longer. He's 41 years old. Yep. You look at the USA Today Sports MMA Junkie rankings, we got Vadim Nemkov, number three in the world, Corey Anderson, number four in the world. So now we're talking about some of the best fighters in the world aren't even in the UFC right now in the light heavyweight division. So uh, for me, health reasons, number one, and then number two, I'm not saying that they're not good fighters. I mean, like Yuri Prashaska, man, like he's a fucking killer. Alexander yep. Rakic is a killer. Dominic Reyes, yep. you still tough matchups, but I think winnable matchups. You know what I mean? And maybe, and maybe the different division will will spark that whole desire. Maybe just the the thought of because one of if, if there's a, if there's something physically that's stopping him from being able to go to the middleweight, 
Maybe he's been depressed. Maybe he's whatever. Maybe the focus hasn't really been there for him. Going to a new division, new challenges. He's going to be feeling better. Um, and this is one cat that we could say go up and you're not worried about him going to a division that he's going to be undersized. He's a big, big boy. And if he can, if he ha- now has challenges for him, maybe it'll excite him. Maybe maybe it'll give that, that killer instinct back into back into him because maybe, maybe he's just in a funk, man. Maybe there's just something going on. But by switching it up, you know, maybe it'll maybe it'll it'll instill it back in. I think so. And if it doesn't, then maybe it was just never meant to be. Yeah, fair point. All you right, know? good question, Thomas. Hopefully, we gave you some good answers there. Joe from H Town, our good friend Joe from H Town. He said, oh, "Joe always likes to stir the pot, man." He I just mean, loves I think this is an easy one. He said, "Who is your Brendan Shaw?" Will we ever see Heel Morgan and Heel Cold Coffee? Obviously referring to the ongoing saga between uh, Ariel Hawani and Brendan Schaub. Uh, I think, if, in fact, he'll, I, I should put it out that he spelled it as Schwab, Brendan Schwab. I think that's a, kind of a slight to Brendan Schaub there. So he likes to stir the pot. <laughs> um, but no, listen. Um, all right, so I will say this. Um my Brendan Schaub is currently in development, I believe. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think I have a lot of, uh, I don't, I don't have beefs. I'll be honest with you. I don't have beefs in the media. Um, and I, I don't, uh, I just don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like having that, that, that's just not me as a, I, I like positive energy, man. I'm just going to be honest with you. I like positive energy. I don't like conflict. I never have, um, which is weird because we cover mixed martial arts for a living, yep. but but I just I don't know, man. Like I don't want to give energy to it. Like I, that to me does not provide me happiness. You know what I mean? To be beefing with somebody, so to speak, or whatever. So uh, I will say this: um, those of us, uh, those supporters over at uh, Patreon.com/slash The MMA Roadshow, if they were checking everything out this week, probably have a small indication of the beef that I do, of, of where my Brendan Schaub is developing from. Uh, but I would say that I do not have a Brendan Schaub in my life at this point. Although, I feel like I'm getting one. Uh, will we ever see Heel Morgan and Heel Co. Coffee? I can't answer for you. So I'll ask you if you have a Brendan I, Schaub. And well, then- I don't know if I have a, a Brendan. I think, well, I would say this eight, currently eight week going on ten weeks of Two fights a week is my is my is my. <laughs> this heel. is your beef. This is my beef, <laughs> and you are seeing heel CC every fucking day. There, Bro, if, let if me, you see if you're in my presence, you are seeing the bad guy let me, every day. Let's <laughs> let's peel back the curtain a little bit, right? So, for instance, like on on Mondays when we when we tape spinning back click, uh, Cold Coffee actually ha- handles the production of that, so he records everything. He does all the camera switching. If you see the shots move, um, that's him. So he's on there with us. So we jump on there. Me, the other guys are going to be talking. We talk, and it's like, hey, any questions? We don't really, we don't rehearse or go through a script, but we do like if there's things that like you're suggesting a fighter, we kind of want to make sure we're not all suggesting the same fighter. Like, hey, do you have any different angles or whatever? So it's not manufactured, but we like to think, well, if we all say the same thing, that's going to be pretty damn boring. So maybe we need to tweak or change or whatever. So anyway, uh, so we do that. And then it's like, all right, cool coffee. Uh, I mean, you're hearing us talk. How do the audio levels sound? Is there anything that's wrong? Like, do you see anybody's framing looking bad? Is the audio sounding right? And Cold Coffee basically just goes, I don't fucking care. Let's fucking do this, man. Let's fucking go. That, is that, is that, is that that's about accurate? That's pretty close. That sounded pretty good. That was like real audio, I think. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, so I am, I, am, I am in full heel mode right now. So if you want to know a heel, it is it has been me. Until this stretch of events... Uh, I am a heel for everything. It is funny though, like so. Another kind of little behind the scenes thing that I think is funny, and maybe we've talked about it before, but 
Because of Contender Series on Tuesday nights, we're usually leaving the Apex around 8.30, 9 p.m. And, After 9, yeah. and it seems like... Uh, Some of us leave a little bit later than others. I leave immediately. <laughs> uh, and, and the media days on Wednesday morning um, have been earlier in the day than they used to be. Like, it seems like we used to start at, like, noon or 1. Yeah. Now, like, even yeah. on these weeks where it's not an early event, we're still starting at, like, 9 a.m. check-in. So, basically, yeah. we're gone from the Apex for 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, and you guys, the videographers, have taken to just leaving your your uh, leaving tripods, leaving the cables. tripods. Yeah, nothing valuable that obviously could disappear, but just so you don't have to carry all the because yeah. we're only gone from the apex for twelve hours. Yeah. You guys are leaving gear, and it is pretty funny to walk back in that next morning and just be like, I li because we had the exact same seats. Yeah, it's the exact same people. I just it's I literally snap like snap my camera in there and I replug the stuff <laughs> back in. <laughs> Like we literally just left here, guys. Yeah, it's it's been. I'm telling you, I mean, it, going from where we were on furloughs to like, like having weeks not off to then going to weeks like this, where five days out of the week we're going or I'm going to shoot something for UFC stuff. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so it's just it's it's becoming mind numbing, and uh, yeah, so I'm a lot more short <laughs> than I used to, than I normally am. So yeah, if there was ever a person that would be a heel and hate everything under the sun at times, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so so I don't need to answer a question, Joe. Yeah, he I doesn't even need a Brandon I don't need Shaw, a person, and you are getting a heel cold coffee. Yeah, I don't need a person. I have my my entity is the never ending two fights a week uh, person. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Uh, yeah. So listen. Uh, no. No conflicts for me, man. I, I, you know, I will say this though. Let, I will say this. Uh, old school. Like if you go back, I'm talking about twelve years, maybe less. But but you know, I've been with Junkie for fifteen years now. I would say in the early days of MMA media, uh, the, it was much more territorial, and I think oh, yeah, everybody yeah. was kind of like at each other's throats. And um, I, I think I don't know really what changed that maybe it's the fact that like there's so many events now and we see each other so much i think maybe that went a long way towards bridging that gap where like yeah now it's i mean of course we're all competitive in a way like we want our shot to look better we want our story to read better we want to break the news we want to have everybody's competitive in that way but it used to be like you had to hate the guys that were on the other squad and now it's like hey how you doing you know occasionally you you, you know somebody has a battery fail or something and you help them out or maybe Needs they have a, a cable they need or a cable i missed the shot can you help me out or yeah. maybe somebody leaves like their wallet in the in the press oh, room God. or the <laughs> That that's just be, one person. That's just one guy, and it wouldn't take you long to figure out what kind of guy in <laughs> our not, media would like, leave his wallet laying around. Like it wouldn't be un, it wouldn't be hard to, to to fathom the pack. Years and years ago, if somebody missed a shot or if their shot corrupted, it's like I'm sorry, sorry dog, like sorry it failed. You're you're my competitor. You know I'm not going to give it whatever. But now it's like we we see each other so much on the road that it's like it's kind of a dick move that if. If I'm here grinding and I see you grind and something happens with your your shot and you're like, dude, can you help me out? I'm like, of course I'm gonna help you out. Yeah. It'd be one thing if you're at home and you're not at the event, don't hit me yeah, up. Yeah, you're not getting anything. Yeah, like you're not getting. But shit. if you have some equipment, but failure if you're there or... and then technology, because it, it's it's just the the law of averages. It's, it's gonna, gonna happen, happen to, to everybody. It's gonna happen at to everybody. At some point, it's gonna be me, you know. And and it, and it has happened. I've had have had issues pop up where you know I've had to lean on somebody else. So. That's the great thing about it, and that's the thing. That's why we always joke about how when I go cover boxing, boxing's like how it used to be because everybody hates everybody. Yeah. Nobody helps out anybody. Um, but 
and then you go back and cover an MMA event, and everybody's like, "Oh man, it's good to see you. Oh hey, how you good? You you good? You want, you want me to slide over a little bit? You good? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna stay right here though, but I'm gonna slide a little bit right. for you just to give yeah, you yeah. room, you know." But we try to take care of each other and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's definitely not how it used to be, um, where everybody's just hating on themselves. It's probably around probably. I want to say 2015 when Cold Coffee started being a media member. Right. That the universe changed. That's when and everybody people, got nice. People got nice. That's when the hippie came in smoking the, the hippie weed. Came and, like- and, and like everybody hears like the bongos <laughs> and they hear the conga drums and like, bro, can we just fucking do a drum circle? Oh, we got the energy in the MMA universe. You know what I'm saying? See? See, that that's when it changed. That's when it changed. When Cole Coffee <laughs> left the UFC, came to MMA media. All right, listen, busy weekend. Uh, again, we will be at the UFC event. I will have an and a half afterwards over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Uh, Junkie will have Bellator coverage. We don't have anybody on site in Moscow, but, of course, they're pretty good about sending videos and photos and all that. We'll have recaps of that. Uh, KSW is this weekend. Man, I didn't even talk about Well, obviously, Overeem's out, so that took a hit. But, but Glory is this weekend. Uh, BKFC is back in action. So, uh, anyway, a lot going on. We'll have it all covered for you over at the MMA Junkie and, of course, here at the MMA Roadshow. So we'll just tell you in the meantime, thanks for listening.